Hey guys, this is Amateur Hour. This is today's free episode. If you want more bonus features and extra content, be sure to head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash amateur hour pod. See ya. <laughs> this is not going well. We're doing it anyway. Do the meatballs come out with it? Alright, so we're definitely cutting that out. Hey guys, welcome back to an episode of Amateur Hour. I'm one of your hosts, William. And I'm the other host, David. And together we're Amateur Hour uh, <laughs> minus one. So uh, Jackson has bailed on us tonight. He was not able to make it. So we're making do tonight. It's just David and I. Um, just a little backstory in case this episode sounds weird. It's because we are um, literally grasping at straws to be able to co- record this correctly. <laughs> um, I left my laptop charger at home, so I don't have a way to record on my laptop. I have an iPad. Uh, it's an iPad Pro. I thought my external mic was going to work with it, and turns out it only works for voice memos. So that is what I'm recording on right now. Um, it does not work for Zoom. So that's nice. Uh, so, yeah, this is going to be an interesting episode. David and I are going to go through some stuff together, and, and hopefully uh, it's still slightly enjoyable for you guys. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it doesn't sound too bad. We, Like you said, we have tried many different solutions to record this episode tonight, and this seems to be the only one that was possible. So hopefully it doesn't sound too bad. And if it does, I'm sure you'll tell us. Yeah, we have, uh, we've exhausted all of our efforts, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so we're now ready to record half an hour late after dealing with all the audio issues. So William, why don't you tell yeah. the folks at home what we're talking about tonight? All right. So tonight we're going to be going over um, a conspiracy theory. This is our conspiracy theory episode week. And I thought it would be interesting to talk about the Rothschild family. Um, So the Rothschild family, if you don't know, is just a very wealthy family from uh, from Europe. They were very prominent in the 19th century. For those of you who don't know, that's 1800s. So they they had quite a bit of power in pretty much every industry in the world, Um, especially at that time. They owned a lot of a lot of real estate, a lot of major financial institutions. And so the conspiracy theory goes is essentially the Rothschild family uh, rules the world and they basically control everything that happens. Um, so it's, it's one of the one of the bigger conspiracies that if you're really into that, you probably know about it. But if you're not super into conspiracies, you probably have no idea who these people are. Yeah, so, I, I was in uh, that second David, group and you were in the first. I had never yeah. heard of this before uh, before you brought it up as a topic. And I even in mm-hmm. researching had to text you and Jackson and be like, Hey, is this what you're talking about? Because it's just like a history article about this family and world war two and racism and what, what's going on here. I was completely lost. So, uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, don't feel bad. Neither did I. Yeah. So David, when you were researching it, like what, what all were you able to figure out? Like some, from someone who didn't know anything about it, like what were your, what are your impressions on this? My my impressions on this are that this is a conspiracy theory of all conspiracy theories. Like to to <laughs> its core, the typical people at a at a uh, bulletin board with all the you know that meme with the guy from it's always yeah. sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> I don't know if it's actually from that show uh-huh. or not, uh, but yeah, where he's like drawing lines between everything and he looks crazy. That's what yeah. I got out of researching this. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. That's pretty accurate. 
Um, so I'll, let me let me just go into a little bit of background of, of the actual family itself, uh, and we'll let the viewers draw their own conclusions. Although I am sort of on the same side as you, um, at least in today uh, today's world. <laughs> so the uh, the Rothschild family is one of the wealthiest most and most influential banking dynasties in the world. Uh, the family's rise to power to prominence can be traced back to the late 18th century. Um, when Meyer armed, uh, Amschel Rothschild founded a banking business in Frankfurt, Germany. Um, so over, over the period of time, they expanded their operations. And the way that they did this was near, during the Napoleonic Wars, they basically figured out that if they lent money to all the princes, then they would get that money back after the wars. And so they made their money through war. Um, they, they literally just lended all these different countries money in hopes of getting a return out of it later. And they did. And it, and it was very successful. And, and a sneak, sneak peek behind the curtain that continues into the future that this is not yes. something that only <laughs> happened in the 19th century. Yes. Yeah. They definitely continued this and uh, profited quite a bit off and, of war and, later and to on be, as well. <laughs> yes, they did. And to be clear, this part is not the conspiracy theory. This is all just fact. Yes. This is just fact. Yeah, these are just people that that really found a way to profit off of this. So um, eventually they established branches in Vienna, Paris, Naples, London. And by the uh, 19th century, the Rothschilds had become the most powerful banking family in the world, um, financing major wars and influencing politics all across Europe. Uh, at this point, they basically owned Europe. Um, they were very heavily involved in the politics. They were very heavily involved in the financial decisions of all the countries. Um, these were not just like, you know, they weren't just franchisee owners of a region's bank in your area. <laughs> like they, they owned, they owned the treasuries that all of these countries took money from and every single citizen used, you know, for their financials. Like this is, this is a big deal. This is if, you know, there was a monopoly over financial institutions and they ran it. Um, so again, let's not get this confused with just owning a local bank like this. Uh, the, these were the banks in the countries. Um, so you can imagine the type of power uh, that these people had, especially if they were the ones controlling the banks that all of the politicians kept their money at, like they were going to follow whatever they said. Um, so yeah. this, this was a very like. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, yeah, that that definitely wields a lot of power. Whether they're even if uh, throughout history there weren't actual backroom deals, whether or not that is the case, we don't know for sure. But even if there was not, just the inherent influence that someone who has that level of uh, financial power over world leaders, there's a certain amount of influence you wield whether you're doing backroom deals or not just by stating what you want to happen there's mm -hmm. bound to be other powerful people who end up leaning your direction just because you know they they like their money being safe yeah <laughs> um so fast forwarding a little bit and into this and just to kind of give you guys a little bit more background here so meyer was the was the father um he had five sons so his five sons followed very closely in his footsteps. They were all in charge of these different bank branches across the world and across Europe. Um, when Meyer was uh, about to die, he said that he told his sons, essentially, um, keep the wealth of this family in the family. Do not marry too far closely outside of the family. He, he 
he essentially told them to to marry their cousins. Yeah. So basically, um, the the classic uh, European world leader uh, pattern of you know you, you all marry your first cousins and slowly everyone will mm-hmm. develop blood diseases. Yes, <laughs> which which might explain why we don't know a whole lot about the Rothschilds today. It's just because they uh. <laughs> There's not much to know because they're all dead from <laughs> weird, strange blood diseases. Um, but anyway, so his five sons, they he, they were told, you know, marry close to the family, keep the wealth inside the family. Um, and he even said specifically that do not give like specific, you know, sets of inheritance to your daughters, like keep it to the sons, like keep it in the Rothschild's name. Um, so he was he was very he was very adamant about keeping the money in the family and closely to the family. If there's actually a family tree of the Rothschilds and it's it's a very narrow tree, that trunk did not grow out very wide at all. So it's, uh, you know, compared to, as much as it should be, at least like it's still it's still a big family tree, but it's not nearly as big as it should be for being like 200, 300 years old. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> Pretty, pretty interesting, interesting stuff there. Um, One thing to note is this conspiracy is essentially saying that, like, they still run the world to this day and they're still in charge of all major financial decisions. And it's possible they do still have some influence. However, um, Forbes list of billionaires over the last like five years or so, the only Rothschild member that was a uh, that was listed on the Forbes list of billionaires was Benjamin Rothschild. Um, so he's the only documented billionaire still to this day, uh, which who knows if that's, you know, an extensive list and if, if that's super accurate and it's probably not, there's probably a few people that slip through the cracks, but considering that he is the only member of the family that is listed on the billionaire list, um, I do not see a whole lot of merit to this conspiracy, uh, right now today it's estimated that the entire family as a whole is worth less than 25 billion dollars which if someone was describing my family uh and their net worth and said only 25 billion dollars then that seems like a good thing to me that's a lot of money but <laughs> right. comparatively comparatively with to what they used to have it it is not um but conspiracy theorists say that their uh family's net worth is over 2 trillion so that's two very different numbers there yeah, it, um, interestingly, when, when I was uh, watching a video about this, the video that I watched mentioned that the family's combined wealth was around 400 billion. So, and that was, it was a video only made like last year. Like it's not way out of date. I huh. assume they didn't lose that much money since then to drop down to 25. But I mean, this, this information is all, you know, somewhat guesswork because yeah. there aren't just open financial records for everyone across the world that you can easily plug the numbers in and do the math. So, uh, yeah, but not, not 2 trillion. That's a whole nother magnitude of money that. So I saw that, I saw that 400 billion number and I thought it was talking about what they were worth at that time in the 1800s. That's what I thought it was talking about. Oh, now it, you might be it, that might be what people think they're worth today, but that's when I heard that I thought that was talking about what they were worth in the 1800s. And oh, could be their like their terms, which 400 billion dollars in the 1800s would be like. I don't even know how much it would be <laughs> today. It would be way, way, way more than that. 
Right. Um, that's that's kind of what I thought, but it might be that might be yeah, what you were saying. Like that's what people think they're worth today. I hope it's what they think they were worth in the eighteen hundreds. Because if that's the case, that is like an enormous, unfathomable amount of money. Yeah. But who knows? So either way, they're they're not worth as much as they used to. Um, they they still have money, but they are not as um, they're not likely as influential as they used to be. Um, so what specifically I know you had talked about uh, their Jewish heritage, and that was kind of one of the articles that you sent to us. What did you figure out about that and what are your thoughts on it? Well, so the the Jewish heritage part was mainly focused on discrediting a lot of these theories. So again, this, this reporting on this kind of information is really hard and doing research for it, mostly because most of the information is from hundreds of years ago and there's not as solid ways to fact check stuff. Uh, in some cases there are, but stuff like this that are, he said, she said kind of information a lot of the time it, it, you can't. So anyway, all, all of that said, the, one of the articles that I was reading that was actually from uh, Encyclopedia Britannica was mentioning that in the past, people who came up with this conspiracy theory, and maybe I can pull it up while, while I'm talking here because so it actually named a, a person, but was a known anti-Semite. And so this family are... Uh, Jewish by heritage. Uh, And so what the article was basically saying was that this individual was intentionally trying to discredit them purely because of their, their heritage, not based on facts. And so anything that person said shouldn't really be taken as true, which I mean, if all things being equal, if that, if, this person was an anti-Semite, I would agree. I mean, it's really hard to trust someone who hates these people that what you're saying about them is fact. Okay. Yeah, here it is. So, uh, in, in 2015, the British newspaper, the independent published an investigation of anti-Semitic claims against the Rothschild. Uh, the journalism professor, professor Brian, uh, Cathcart traced the first widespread conspiracy theory about the Rothschilds to a political pamphlet called Historie Edifante et Cor- it's it's in French anyway it's the the history <laughs> of the Rothschilds uh, which began rolling out of European printing presses in 1846 it was written by uh George's uh Derenvel uh D A I R N V A E L L if you want to look this guy up yourself and he wrote it under the pseudonym quote Satan that was the pen name that he used to write this article, uh, in Mm -hmm. 1846, the pamphlet or the pamphlet, rather the pamphlet narrates the history of the Rothschild family and its influence in Europe. And according to Cathcart, it's most famous passage details, uh, Nathan Rosechild's involvement in the battle of Waterloo on June 18th, 1815. So that was part of the Napoleonic wars. Uh, so what, uh, George's Darrenville or Satan is his pseudonym is claiming in this pamphlet is that Nathan Rothschild was at the battle uh, of Waterloo and immediately as it resolved, fled back across the English channel, arrived in London 24 hours before 
the news of Napoleon's defeat at Waterloo made it to London. So he's there a day before that news. And uh, that as a result of that early information, it doesn't say what he did here in this pamphlet, but somehow use that information to suddenly win 20 million francs uh, and his other brothers seconded him. So total, the family ended up making 135 million francs. And I think this is basically what you were talking about earlier, that they, because they knew it, they could kind of place like bonds in a way, buy bonds in a way that they knew would profit because they already knew they had won the battle and that Napoleon was defeated. That's the claim that this, this, uh, Satan or uh, George's Darrenville was making back in 1846. Uh, now, Although the account, according to Encyclopedia Britannica, although this account became instantly popular across Europe, it was both false and dangerous. Uh, the, the researcher who was doing this article in 2015, uh, Cathcart, found that on June 18th, 1815, Nathan Rothschild was nowhere near Waterloo. So he did not have firsthand knowledge that he was then able to use to allow his family to profit 135 million francs. Uh, but that he does admit that they absolutely profited off of the war. But again, that's more in keeping with what William was talking about earlier, that they, they loaned money to the government and that was how they ended up making their money back. So it wasn't, they knew they were going to win. They loaned money to the government to help support the, 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 uh, the war. Then the government eventually paid it back. And of course loans have interest. And so they earned money off of the government. Uh, but that's not a conspiracy. That's just, fact and what happened uh so uh, back to the anti-semite part basically that's what cathcart's conclusion in his 2015 article for the independent is is that uh this satan individual was an anti-semite who specifically wanted to uh not just them but specifically the rothschilds because they were a very they were a family that was very well known in the public at the time in the 1800s wanted to defame them and try to, to tear them down. And unfortunately this, this becomes a pattern throughout Western culture over the next like 200 years that a lot of the individuals that we know of who have not just perpetuated or wondered like about this conspiracy theory, but have really tried to push it have turned out to also be anti-Semitic or have at least close to anti-Semitic relations. And so it it's, seems logical that a lot of this is built up because of people's hate for the, the Jewish ethnicity and that m probably most of it does not have any basis in reality, again, other than what we know is fact, that they did fund a bunch of wars and they did profit off of it and therefore did wield a lot of power, but not necessarily anything nefarious yeah and one of the things so i also saw that uh the part about satan and the the pamphlet that he wrote and i i did see that it was like that was like claimed to not be true because they didn't think he was actually at the battle of waterloo and so like that was just another way that that dude was just trying to be anti-semitic and like kind of push people against him sort of right. thing um and but one thing important to note about them being jewish is because of the way that they have been persecuted throughout the centuries and it, like that's just 
that's just fact. Like there's no there's no refuting that. But, you know, because of the fact that they were Jewish, uh, they, they have been persecuted. One of the things that it was a lot harder for Jewish people to do was own land. And so instead of owning land, they owned money and <laughs> they found ways to acquire a lot of money and gain Got power him. that way. Um, even even Meyer Rothschild himself lived in one of the Jewish ghettos in the Roman Empire. So like even even he was even though he had all kinds of money, like he still was not able to own very much land at the time. And so that like that's just the way that historically a lot of the Jewish people have been able to gain you know power was through money instead of necessarily like real estate or land or anything like that. So um the I don't really see a whole lot of like I don't quite understand the whole Jewish aspect to the conspiracy theory. Like the fact that they're Jewish doesn't really have anything to do with anything. I think a lot of it is just people just trying to like slander people. There is obviously a lot of anti-Semitic, you know, undertones to a lot of this stuff just because, I mean, the fact that they're Jewish really has nothing to do with anything. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't really I, I see change where the you're story. coming from, that a lot of the connections that are drawn to anti-Semitism are because individuals who might be saying this stuff in other contexts have said anti-Semitic things. So, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I understand logically that that seems like an easy jump, but it's not necessarily. I mean, they could be anti-Semitic and also think that this stuff is true about the Rothschilds. But, I mean... That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, true. Now, one of the other examples that it cited of uh, anti-Semitism towards the Rothschilds specifically was actually in 2018. This is a much more recent uh instance that the Washington Post reported that a D.C. lawmaker named uh, Trayon White Sr. made a Facebook post that said the Rothschilds, and this is a quote, this next part, control the climate to create natural disasters they can pay for to own cities, end quote. So his post, that's if you've looked into the conspiracy theory around the Rothschilds before, it does get so crazy as to say that they literally can control the weather. Uh, some people do at least. And this uh, Trayon White apparently got caught up in this idea. He didn't come up with it, but believed it enough to be posting that they could do that on social media. Anyway, he later, there's an intense controversy around this. Uh, and what he was referring to that is definite fact is uh, the Rockefeller Foundation's Resilient Cities Initiative, which they, uh, the Rothschilds have a part in. Uh, and what this initiative does is it rewards cities for addressing environmental concerns in their community. So it's basically, I mean, think of it as like uh, of grants, a grant money that will be given to cities when they upgrade the, the kind of security they have for natural disasters, like tornadoes, floods, hurricanes, that kind of thing. So that's the, the fact part that he was referencing with this. They control the weather and that's how they make money off of this thing. Uh, but uh, obviously the claim that they literally can control the weather is ridiculous. Uh, I, I hope that I don't have to convince anyone of that. Uh, <laughs> so the, this individual... Uh, Mr. White later apologized and then apparently he apologized because a bunch of Jewish activist organizations were attacking him for his anti-Semitic views and comments here, specifically around the Rothschilds. 
and so his, to make up for it, he went to the uh, United States Holocaust Memorial Museum as an act of contrition, and then abruptly left halfway through his tour and never didn't answer questions about why he left, but he seemed <laughs> agitated about something and just left instead of finishing the tour, which, I mean, have you ever been to the <laughs> Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C.? It has been a while, but I have been there, yeah. Okay, yeah, I've been there once as well, and I mean, it is, it's a lot to take in. I mean, it can be it's very lot, overwhelming, yeah. and that's kind of part of the, the purpose of it, is to be overwhelming and try to remind you of how horrible the atrocities of the Holocaust were. So, yeah, there could be legitimate reasons that he would be overwhelmed to the point of saying, I can't continue the tour and just leaving. However, from the outside, it looks like he, he couldn't Bad bear. Yeah, he couldn't bear his facade of uh, contrition any longer and just left in the middle of it. And so this was this is another more modern example of people trying to tie anti-Semitism to the Rothschild family specifically, whether it is or not. In this case, or in any of the cases, I don't know for sure, but it does seem likely that there is uh, anti-Semitic hate uh, in this arena that also poisons kind of the conspiracy around the Rothschilds. But whether it, the, the, that is what's driving it or not, people think that this family owns way more power in the world, like being able to control the weather, than is in any way reasonable or possible. <laughs> well, in 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 terms of like what they have today, let's go through a little bit of that um, because there's a lot of background stuff that people don't quite understand. And I'll just say with this, with World War One and Two, the majority of the banks that they owned were shut down, destroyed, or like just de-platformed or whatever. Like they, the majority of the banks that they had were just demolished. <laughs> I don't. I'm trying to think of the word for it. What is the word I'm trying to think? Um, I have no idea. I don't know. They were just decommissioned. Okay, <laughs> we'll, say, yeah. we'll say they were decommissioned for now. Um, one interesting thing, though, is they did donate like millions of dollars to Hitler's agenda, um, even oh, though really? Hitler was obviously like very anti-Semitic, uh, I think probably the most anyone's ever been. Um, so I didn't realize this. So that, I, I've got a question about it. What, based on your research, does it seem like they gave money to him pre the obviousness of the you know new world order that uh he instituted and i mean because they were a german family i mean so it yeah. makes sense to want to support the, the german government i mean i would have to think so <laughs> i mean i don't <laughs> like well i would hope so that they didn't give it to him after he kind of told everybody what he wanted to do <laughs> although hitler was never hitler was never very like secretive about what he wanted to do either. Like he just said it in a way that got people to follow him. So I, I don't know. Well, it started <laughs> a good out question. as German nationalism and then radicalized yeah. to German race radicalism, uh, which yeah. I think you're correct. That was always his purpose, but he, he was smart enough to not just say that from the outset, he, he got into power and then, built up kind of a frenzy among the people first <laughs> and then was like yeah. hey if you're not blue-eyed and blonde-haired uh you got to hit the road yeah. even though I'm not i guess <laughs> yeah i guess more so more so my point was mind comp the book that he wrote before he even you know oh, really true. came into power was 
what kind of basically told exactly what he wanted to do. It's just that people just didn't read and uh, yeah but you're, you're right More people didn't publicly, read it i, guess I mean this didn't. was a different time period yeah. it wasn't on their phones <laughs> and on social media yeah <laughs> during the voting season so uh, <laughs> to, to answer to answer your question i i hope i hope they didn't understand his agenda when they donated but uh nonetheless the rothschilds had you know accumulated millions and millions of dollars worth of art and paintings and all this kind of stuff and hitler took all of it so uh they lost all of that <laughs> <laughs> they donated a ton of money to him, and then he came back, tried to kill their entire race, and took all their art. So, and destroyed a lot of their banks. So, really, World War II demolished a lot of the wealth that the Rothschild family had accumulated, and it really never bounced back to its full extent. Now, there, there is today, like there is still, <clears throat> there's still ties. Like they still do a lot of work in Europe. Um, they do some work in Africa as well but not nearly to the extent that uh, they used to. I I saw this in one video I watched, and I'm curious if you've seen this as well, because it shocked me. But do the Mm -hmm. Rothschilds own the De Beer family mining? I mean, the the De Beers are the only source of diamond mining in the entire world, so they're one of the most wealthy families. And one of the the videos (sighs) I watched mentioned that they, either that they, owned that company that the De Beers mine from or are like partners with them or something. I can't remember exactly what they said, but I mean, if that's the case, that's a huge, I mean, just that one thing is a huge amount of money and power that they have. I saw something about that. Let me see if I can quickly find this. Cause I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I thought I had written something about that down, but I guess I did not. Well, while you're looking for that, I'll, I'll go over some other stuff. So, there are three basic explanations for the conspiracy theory about how the Rothschilds uh, wield their power. So, I mean, all of the conspiracy theories say they're wielding power, but there's three reasons, basically, that are given. Uh, either they want to control just all world events. They themselves want to control it. They're that, I guess, full of themselves as a family. Two, they're a part of uh, different secret societies, like, for example, either the Illuminati or the Freemasons are two that are usually put forward as the secret society that they would be a part of. And so, therefore, they're wielding their power for those organizations to, again, control world events, but not personally, they're doing it for an organization. Or the third one is racially motivated, So, which I think this is also part of the reason why the anti-Semitism comes in so frequently, is that one of the proposed reasons that they are controlling world events is because they want Jews to control the world again, basically. So, I mean, if you go back in history thousands of years ago, the Jewish people had a huge amount of influence in the quote-unquote world at that time, which was Eurasia, Africa area, where those three continents connect. Obviously, it's been a long time since they've had a lot of power. And to the point where they are almost the opposite of that at many times through modern history where they had no power. This conspiracy theory is that the Rothschilds basically are trying to restore Jewish rule and power over the entire world. Not So either they're doing this for themselves, they're doing this for a secret society, or they're doing it for the Jewish population as a whole. Um, and I, I did find the answer to, to what we were talking about. So, yeah, they do still own... Uh, De Beers Mining Company, 
So I, I do have a whole little segment about this. I'll just kind of read it off real quick. Okay, so perfect. In the later half, in the later half of the 19th century, colonialism uh, was in full swing. So a man named Cecil Rhodes decided to take ownership of a huge uh, part of Central Africa with the full financial backing of the Rothschilds. Um, he named this country after himself, Rhodesia, and became and began one of the cruelest regimes we've seen, enslaving the local people to work in his mines on their threats of cutting off all their limbs of their children um, if they refuse to work. So this still exists today. Um, the De Beers Company mining is still owned by the Rothschilds. Um, it still has very less than a stellar humanitarian record, uh, is what they Blood say. Blood diamonds. Um, many, yeah. So many third world countries are still uh, being taken advantage of by the Rothschilds, um, either by companies that they own or run. Rio Tinto, which is another just metal mining company, the second largest in the world, is still ran by them. Um, Coca-Cola in South America is still ran by the Rothschilds, it says, which just I did not the know branch that. in South America. Not they don't own all of Coca-Cola. I, yeah, I, I don't know because <laughs> I know it's I, I don't know. Um, but then it also says Shell. That doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, oil. So if is a huge moneymaker in the world, it makes sense for them to have bought into that a hundred years ago. Yeah. Or more. So if they're still owning or operating Shell, um, maybe they do run the world. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe they still have quite a bit of pool. So yeah, so they definitely still are are running the whole diamond operation. Which, like you said, that alone, that's a lot of money right there. So maybe. Maybe there is something to this. And a lot of uh, moral ineptitude. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, one thing that I thought was super interesting that may have absolutely zero merit to it whatsoever, but I think you're going to think is really interesting as well. Um, everyone knows Greta Thunberg, correct? Unfortunately. So there is a theory that she might be related to the Rothschild family and she might be a direct descendant from the Rothschilds, um, from mayor Rothschild himself. So, um, there are claims that she is the great, great granddaughter of Baron Rothschilds, one of the five children, um, and the great granddaughter of Joachim Rothschild Thunberg. Uh, so this could explain why she has so much influence and exposure on an issue that children normally are not involved in. I'm trying to remember now off the top of my head. And I can't how she came to be in popular culture. She spoke at one of the world's largest climate change conferences. Now, was that the start? I thought that that was like something else happened. And then she was invited to do that. Well, that's how she got virals because she went up there and started like telling people how dare they like take away her childhood or whatever. Right. Yeah. And she was like 12. So that's how she got popular. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wait, so so give me give me the supposed family tree again of how she's connected, because okay. I'm trying to find it on this family tree I'm looking at. Yeah. Um, so it says that she supposedly was the great, great granddaughter of Baron Rothschild. Is Baron even on there? I thought he was one of the five sons. Like I said, this may be completely baseless, but I saw like a few different articles talking about this. And this was like one. I mean, of the, big the one that I'm looking at, there's not the five sons are. James Vaughn, Carl Vaughn, Nathan, uh, Solomon Vaughn, Amjil Vaughn. Huh. 
Well, let's let's. I'm just gonna look up Baron Rothschild then and see if see if this I mean is maybe he's person. not one of the original sons. He's further down the maybe the tree. Maybe it's oh, an, oh here a okay, there's an, a Nathan illegitimate... first Baron Rothschild. Yes, yeah, and then there okay. is a Walter second Baron Rothschild from they're they're both descendants of Na- the original Nathan Rothschild. Okay, um, do you see now? This might I think this is a woman. Oh, Maybe. there is a third and a fourth Baron as you go down that tree too. So it's Nathan first Baron, Walter second, Victor third, and then Jacob fourth are all quote Baron Rothschild. Is there a Joachim Rothschild Thunberg? It's like J O A C H I M. I probably butchered that name. Is it Joachim like spelled like Joachim Phoenix? If that's how you spell Joachim, then yes. Okay, I do not see this Joachim person. The great granddaughter. Yeah, so, but what that could be is the last baron uh, in this family tree that I see is Jacob, fourth baron Rothschild. So he would be a great, it's very possible his position on the family tree that, that he would be a great grandfather to uh Greta and also the picture here he is the the current Rothschild person that the videos I was watching was always in the videos the old guy who's kind of bent over uh yeah and he does not have a female wife connection in this family tree so it's possible Maybe he never married, and so the speculation here is that this person would be like a mistress or something, that they're okay. putting the last names together there, to not because that's actually Joachim's name, but because that would be Greta's ancestral name then, if she was supposedly actually connected to this family. Yeah. Um, and then, I believe it was Benjamin. Uh Is Benjamin one of the original sons? No. No, no, no. That's the that's the current one that was in the Forbes billionaire list or whatever. Um Oh, he's from a different ooh. tree. Okay, yeah. He he's yeah, from what, James von Rothschild, I think. One of one of the Rothschild's uh descendants praised Greta Thunberg on like Twitter or whatever about her climate change activism or whatever. Like there is some connection there. Um, where they had some sort of contact with each other. Now, again, is this is this real? Who knows? Probably, I mean, probably not. Um, but it is it is just kind of interesting because they they are, you know, supposedly involved with the climate change and that kind of stuff. And then now there's like an activist that came out of nowhere that really should not have anything to do with the activism whatsoever. And it just so happens that people think that she's a Rothschild, you know, descendant there. So. Who knows if that's true or not, but it is a little interesting to, to talk about. It, it's interesting to me that so the five sons each basically were put in charge of different branches of the, the bank that their father made. And so like looking at this family tree, it actually breaks them down by. Uh, I mean, it's by which of the sons you came through, but they're each labeled 
what part of the world they're from or more accurately what part of europe so i mean it's the french branch the italian branch the british branch the austrian branch and the german branch and so like if let's suppose greta is related to this family that would mean she is from the british branch uh if jacob the fourth baron is the baron rothschild that they're referencing here and benjamin the one who you said is the only i guess individual billionaire at this point uh is from the french branch so he's very very removed family tree wise he's almost as far away as you could possibly get uh on their family tree but you know i mean if they were raised to stick together and keep it in the family i guess that could be i mean this all in reality sounds ridiculous to me this this part of it with yeah. Greta, but you know if if i were to stretch squint and stretch my mind and decide that this is okay then sure i guess it could work exactly you, you really got to think about it but when you think about it right and like you said you, you you really just like you force yourself to get that tunnel vision just a little bit to like right. to get into this theory yeah it's like it's it's quite clear <laughs> at that point yeah yeah <laughs> so. definitely so anyway we can um, we can blame jewish people for greta thunberg that's that's what i got out of this conversation <laughs> yikes no we can't go that far we can't go that far <laughs> um <clears throat> we're gonna get canceled now um, to be so, clear that was a joke and i have uh, yes no, I, <laughs> nothing against jewish people at all i do have things against greta thunberg though not a fan of hers <laughs> Things I things I did not think we were gonna have to apologize for tonight. <laughs> hey, I was in my squinting um, and focusing really hard brain, yes. not my actual brain. Uh, <laughs> yes, correct. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and we could sit here and talk about this all. In conclusion, honestly, do I think they pretty much? If this conspiracy was about life in the eighteen hundreds and nineteen hundreds, like early nineteen hundreds, if that's what people were saying then, I would believe it. I don't think they own as much as we think they do now. Um, they obviously still have their hand in quite a bit of things, but nowhere near the extent that they used to. Um, I think the majority of these conspiracies just kind of come from us not knowing a whole lot about them nowadays. They're not as prominent as they used to be. They're not as public as they used to be. And I don't think that means that they're just involved with the Illuminati and they're trying to take over the world. <laughs> I just think, you know, at some point, every dynasty dies, and I think they're probably just on their way out for good. Um, but that's just me, you know. What do I know? Not much. Obviously, they could be listening to us they right run now. The world. Yeah, they're about. Yeah, actually, we're not being canceled for any comments we said tonight. We're being canceled by the Rothschilds for having this episode yeah. at all. So, this is our well, last and- episode. <laughs> Goodbye, yeah. listeners. Thank you for following us. Before we before we do stop talking about them, though, one, one of the things and really the, the big reason I even wanted to talk about them was there was a trend on TikTok where it was um, like a reenact. It was like a scene from a movie or whatever, where it's like a dude that's walking into a vault and like grabbing a giant stack of cash and just like throwing it at the camera. And <laughs> all the like all the people would take that video and write their own captions to it. And it was like the Rothschild, like paying off every woman in the world to not like me or whatever or it's like the <laughs> Rothschild like paying off my college to like kick me out and it's like just just like all this like crazy stuff that happens to people and they're like oh it had to have been the Rothschilds it could not have been me sort of thing so 
Um, that's that's honestly the only reason I even wanted to talk about this. So, <laughs> so this got Roth, me interested in it. This Rothschild, or the, I guess this conspiracy theory, but more broad than that, just knowledge of who the Rothschilds are and the wealth and power that they've wielded throughout the centuries are so forefront of pop culture right now that people are making TikTok videos referencing that fact. Not explaining yes. it. I mean, not talking about the conspiracy, just no. like offhandedly referencing that as part of the joke. Yes. And I, I don't know why, because it happened like for a week and then it was gone. And that's just how things work on TikTok, I guess. Like things just like people just talk about it all the time and then they just never talk about it again. I so, mean, I, yes, there was like this week period where people were just obscurely referencing a family as the cause of all their problems <laughs> so. weird i mean you know this and i think I've, we've mentioned it on here before but i don't do tiktok i did not expect some of the tiktok trends and pop culture references that they make to be so historically based i mean this seems like yeah. a much higher minded level of joke than i expect from tiktok uh, maybe I just have the wrong view of TikTok. That is possible, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I doubt well, that. Uh, <laughs> I think it's mostly very, very modern and fleeting pop culture references, but uh, maybe this is yeah. proving me wrong. Well, <laughs> to be fair, I think the next video I swiped on was a video of a capybara like swimming down a lazy river. So <laughs> with a song that literally was just singing like happy capybara, capy, capy. So it's not all. <laughs> You're you are mostly correct about your view, uh, but every <laughs> once in a while you do stumble upon some sort of half witting, half uh, wittedly crafted argument about why you know this conspiracy theory might be true. Uh, <laughs> but yes, for the most part, you are correct. It is just a lot of weird things and and not much basis for them at all. Cool. So um, now that we've talked about this. Uh, just real quickly before we close, if you found yourself with a lot of money, like a lot of money, I'm talking like stacks on stacks on stacks on stacks, like, you know, whatever rapper sings that song. Um, you like, have like a chance two trillion dollars. Yeah, like two trillion dollars. Let's say just random uh, per se, like, you know, two trillion dollars. <laughs> anyway. So if you found your money, you find yourself with that money. How are you going to take over the world? Like, what are you investing in? Oh, so not just what would I do with it? We're assuming yeah. I'm going to take over the world with it. How would I? You use are that going to, to take, take over, over the world. world. Okay. Hmm. Exactly. I mean, that's interesting. I've got to stretch myself for this one because if I had that much money, I would not try to take over the world. That's not. That's not my modus operandi. I, I have no desire to control the world, but. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Do you know that for sure? Because if you got the money, your mindset might change. Well, that's that's possible. But I'm saying like in my current mindset, that wouldn't be a desire I would look forward to if I like had money coming in that amount. Okay. But let's say I found myself with that money and for some reason I do want to control everything about the world. One of the early goals I would have is because I'm very tired of both China and Russia ruining it for the rest of the world uh that i would probably start with china trying to find a way to buy myself into corporate influence enough to over like a five ten year period basically 
take over control of China, even though I, I wouldn't ever want to actually be like the, I don't even know what they have, but the ruler of China. Uh, but I would want to have enough influence where I can basically control it and bring them to, I don't know, some sense. Uh, but I think probably that would be too bold of a thing to be my first move. It would probably be more prudent because I'm more familiar with uh, Western politics to work my way up to influencing and controlling a lot of American and uh, Western European governments through my my influence and power. And then the next phase would be to do China. Uh, but yeah, that would... I, I, my goal would be to make everyone stop being stupid. Uh, <laughs> and I know that's different to different people, but I mean, to me, I, I'm, I'm tired of all of these pointless wars that are about nothing uh, other than I want, I want. And I know it sounds stupid coming from this fictional person uh, persona of mine that I've created where I want to rule the world that I'm saying wanting to rule the world is stupid. Uh, but you know, I know better than everyone else. So if I ruled the world, everything would be cool because I would make all the right choices. So yeah, that, 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 that would be my goal. Probably start with, start with the United States and maybe Western parts of the, the EU that have similar, similar political structures to what I'm familiar with, be able to lobby my way through that world and universe. And then eventually with the goal of after having that experience under my belt, trying to pivot and leverage those resources I've built to take over China specifically, because I think if they were removed from the stupid pool of the world, a, a lot of things would change quickly. That doesn't mean it would solve everything, but I, I think that would be the, with only taking over one country, the most effective choice of a country to, to swing politically, to be more uh, reasonable. Um, hmm. and to be clear, none of that would be trying to get rid of their culture. I, I'm actually very appreciative of Eastern cultures. I, I think that there's a lot about the way that they approach things. That's much better than we do. Uh, and makes, yes, more I sense. myself had Panda Express today. <laughs> that is that really Eastern? I feel like Panda Express is just American food. <laughs> I, I, I love it. But I don't think. Tell you what, there was not one. There was not one American worker. That's for sure. (laughs) Were they all Hispanic? Because I've been to those those panda expresses. No, no. I thought they were all. I thought they were all probably fairly Eastern. Yeah, most of them that I've seen have been. But there has (laughs) there's been at least two times I can think of right now that I pulled through the drive through and looked in, and it was all Hispanic people working. And I was like, wait, hold on, this is weird. Anyway, that's almost as bad as when you go to a Mexican restaurant. It's all white people working. It's like, okay, you oh, know yeah. this is not going to be quality. No, if you want me- good Mexican food, you go to a place where the waiter does not speak English. Yeah, <laughs> and us, then us you, white people. You struggle through communicating with each other and you end up with really good food. I've never had such bland chicken or such bland <laughs> food in my life. Other than, <laughs> so we just... There are, you know, every, every, you know, country and every culture has their strengths, but spices and taste is not one of them here. So, yeah. but like a lot of the, the, uh, Asian culture surrounding family and respect and spiritualism and the, all of those things, I really wish we would learn more from. So I'm not 
saying I would want to get rid of that. I'm saying purely politically is would be yeah, my goal. No, your your goal is to take over destruction the of the world. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. So so the way I would do it now, I think we're gonna have to up this number because I don't think that two trillion dollars is enough to take over the world these days. Um, I think you're going to need a lot more than that. I think you're going to need the equivalent of $400 billion back then in today's money. <laughs> I think that's probably what you're going to okay. need. Um, so let's say, let's say I have that. What I would do is, is I would plan basically a worldwide nuclear strike. Now, I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to plan it. <laughs> and I'm going to set it up in every major, you know, every major country in the world. So I'm going to set up a separate station. And what's going to happen is if you're setting up, let's say in America, you're setting up a nuclear strike, right? Like just worldwide. And, and they catch wind of that, which they're going to, right? Because they, they spy on us. There's no way for them not to know. What you're going to end up, what's going to end up happening is throughout the world, the major spying agencies and whatever, you know, worldwide or major com- or country that you're in, like they're going to find you like the CIA is going to find you in America. They're going to figure it out and they're going to come to you and they're going to, you know, try to take you down when you're in Europe, whatever, like MI6 or whatever, whatever the heck kind of secret organization they've got going on, KGB, wherever you're at, like they're going to find you. And so you're going to get in contact with every major secretive agency across the world and you're going to buy them off and you're going to you know bring them into your plan instead of having them work against you and so by setting up all of these oh, like nuclear facilities you are basically just gaining connections and gaining business partners with all of these secret you know agencies that are ruled by these countries throughout the world you're buying them off now they're part of you now they're working with you and then at that point all you got to do is say hey look I've got all this money. We're going to engineer some sort of like mind control thing. And you're going to let me roll it out in your countries, but you're also going to be a part of it. And you're going to be a major leader with this. So we're going to make this one giant, you know, society with one giant governing body. And you're going to be an integral part of it. And you're going to give them all, you know, like a, a title for it. So this sounds I like a pyramid fairly, scheme. <laughs> it is. It's a pyramid scheme on world level and it would work. I'm convinced of it. You, you could will say, be like, an America, integral like, cog for each yes. country. You get to sign up. You will make 10% of their profits. Exactly, dude. You're, you're literally pyramid scheming the world on the most <laughs> secretive level. And, and honestly, like, I think it would work. Like you tell America, like, Hey man, you're going to be in charge of the oil reserves. They're on board. They're on board. They have signed no, up. No, yesterday. We think oil is like, bad now. I mean, no, oil is no, no, a bad thing don't. here in America. No, we, we like don't. wind and solar. <laughs> no, that's what they tell you on the TV so that you'll shut up. <laughs> America's not straying away from oil anytime soon. Dude, less than yeah, 20 right. years ago, we invaded Iraq just to go get some oil. <laughs> like, we're not stopping anytime soon. They'll let they'll tell you that's what's going on. But man, if we find some oil on on Mars, better better believe we're gonna be populating that that all of a sudden Elon is gonna shift Tesla from electric cars to gasoline based vehicles. (laughs) They're gonna have that American flag on that soil within a few months. Like (laughs) so, you know. I think I think it would be fairly easy to take over the world if you had that kind of money. And following my 
uh, one stop plan, you know, foolproof, um, you too can gain a part of the new world order. <laughs> if you just follow these four easy steps uh, outlined in my book. <laughs> so, so I have two questions. One. Okay. Don't, don't answer them till I've said both of them. So just think about that. Okay. First one is, do you have a name for your world controlling pyramid scheme? And two, uh, this, have you seen the mission impossible movies and specifically the more recent ones? Cause this sounds basically like the kind of the plot to that is that, you know, all of these secret government run organizations like the CIA, MI6, et cetera, are basically controlled by a, a third party not connected to a government shadow cabal that is trying to slowly take them all over and therefore run the world through it so is that basically am i kind of summarizing your your plan here decently yeah i i've never seen any mission impossible movies so um None of I them? guess I should have been a, I should, yeah, I should have been a screenwriter, dude, that I could have written the <laughs> Mission Impossible movie. Um, yeah, if you well, were just born the, 30 years ago and had this idea, then you could be a Mission Impossible screenwriter. That's true. I, exactly. Right. Um, I, well, obviously the name, the, uh, the name of it would be, um, Nations of Falafel. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. I wasn't <laughs> expecting you to bring that up. <laughs> And if and if you guys don't know what that is, uh, go back and listen to our Micronations episode. Also, um, William also all does not know what a falafel is, so don't feel I bad. still do not know what a falafel is. <laughs> I've somehow still made it another year uh, without figuring it out. So <laughs> um, it, it really has almost been a year now. I think we did that in like April or May of last year. So yeah, it sounds um, about right. And it is about to be March. So. <laughs> But yeah, uh, that's that's pretty cool. I didn't realize that that was a movie um, already. So but yeah, so basically, essentially, I would do that. And cool. I think it would work. So. Neat. All right, man, you got anything else on the Rothschilds? No, no, I, I, I think no? we have exhausted a, any reasonable discourse, probably beyond yeah. reasonable discourse on this subject. Probably, probably. <laughs> well. Uh, for our viewers at home, hopefully you guys got something out of this. Uh, maybe you've got some information on the Rothschilds that you're ready to spill. Um, I would not DM us on Twitter. I would probably email us for that information just so it's not going through a, a public server there. Um, <laughs> David, what's our email? Uh, do you, do you know our email? at amateurhourpod.com. Sweet. Okay. I was hoping that was it. Um, if you would like to tweet us, uh, Instagram at us or DM us on TikTok or any of the above, you can do that at amateur underscore pod. And if you are part of the Rothschild family or another super wealthy individual organization or family and would like to support us, we can be bought. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And you can do that yeah, over what, at patreon.com slash amateur hour pod. Yeah, what's what's the number that we would just sell the podcast for if if they offered us some money? I think sell I think a, the podcast cool, like ten dollars. No, <laughs> ten dollars. No, come no, on. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like I'm thinking like ten mil. Each. Now is this like they just each? Oh, so so three mil. I <laughs> like that. Or I mean thirty I mean, mil. Uh, so yeah. In, in this scenario, is that they basically purchase the podcast and us as hosts like we continue doing it but whatever they want us to say we do or is that no they, they just get the rights to 
amateur hour and we fade into Ooh. the darkness and with our well, that's 10 more- millipedes. I was thinking more of the latter, but the, the former is also an interesting concept. I think I'd say 15 mil each. For that one, yeah. That one should be more expensive, I agree. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We're going to have to say whatever whatever they want because we'd probably end up getting pretty famous if the Rothschilds own us and because they, <laughs> they're going to market us out, right? We're, we're going we're gonna to be higher than Joe Rogan in about two weeks. So We um, should be, yeah. Yeah. And at that point, I, I feel like we'd probably get some outside money as well. Uh, so I, yeah, 15 to 20 mil each for that, for that proposition. But I think just buying us out as a whole and fading into the black, uh, you know, I'd take it for 10 mil. Cool. I, I mean, mean, I'd, I'd probably, be behind that hundred percent. I have no, objection. I'd probably take it for a hundred thousand, but yeah, I probably would too. I, I don't know that I can disagree with you. <laughs> to, Honestly, to me, man, that's that $10 you were talking about that $10 <laughs> you were talking about earlier. Like I could uh, shoot, I could use $10 right now too, but yeah, but I don't I know, think I, I, haven't, I, I haven't think had I'd dinner yet. That much. I mean, I could yeah. go use that money to get myself dinner. No, uh, but on a more I, serious I, I love note, doing the podcast, but yeah. 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 I, there's no way I would sell for $10 or anything close to that, but on a more serious note, uh, patrons, if you're listening to yes. this, uh, because of Jackson not being here and some other scheduling conflicts, we will not be recording the uh, bonus Patreon exclusive uh, The Last of Us episode review this week. So we will be a week behind. It is not going anywhere. So if you don't see it on your special uh, Patreon feed, don't be freaked out. We will be coming back with that next week. I think probably next week we will do one episode that covers two episodes of the show to uh, save time there. But it's coming. Sorry that it's going to be a week late. And as always, thank you guys for listening. Um, We appreciate your support. Uh, Feel free to shout us out anywhere. Um, Tell us anything you would like on social media. And as as always, just share it with anybody that you know, Um, anybody that may be interested in conspiracy theories and learning about new things or just hearing uh, people have a good time and laugh for a few minutes on a podcast. It's always always, uh, a fun thing to listen to throughout your day. So if you have anybody that might be interested, uh, you know, share the podcast, give us a review, uh, rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That really helps. Um, and, you know, if anything, we just appreciate you listening and we hope you continue to listen. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with all of that. Yeah. So uh, thanks. Thanks for watching tonight, guys. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. And um, we'll see you next time. Bye, guys.